stop. Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Every penny's worth. Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of our favourite 1971 classic Dirty Harry, starring John Vernon. Uh, My name's John, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined as ever with returning co-host Tim. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. I have turned down the offer to be on Daddy Daycare Minute (laughs) 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 to be here, so. Good choice. Very good. I notice, um, hello to our minute-by-minute minute brethren, there's a Dunstan checks in minute, if anyone here remembers that ape-laden movie. We are joined by returning, recurring guest, uh, Shane. Hello, Shane. Hey, how are you? Very good. How are you? I'm well today. Terrific. And our guest, uh, Karen Sims. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you. Today, we are reviewing minute 81. The minute begins with Harry and Chico's wife question mark walking downstairs and ends with harry saying to her uh, i understand him quitting what did you think of this minute tim <laughs> what do you think tim <laughs> does my uh, opinion count more than shane's <laughs> you outrank me on this podcast <laughs> um it's good you get some insight into harry i suppose um you get more green a bit more green sparkling green um, Do you have any outfits like that in your cupboard or your wife? Does she have any? Not, not that attention grabbing. Um, I've got a, I've got a green crumpler bag, which I love. <laughs> um, but I find uh, green, yeah, green is a bit. Sometimes I want to buy it because it's green, but then I have to stop myself because you have to be careful with <laughs> which sort of green you're buying. Sometimes, like a green car is really hard to, like a good looking green car is really hard to find. Yeah. Um, I think there's only one I've ever spotted on the road. How would you describe this green, Mr. Connoisseur? Is it bottle green? What's bottle green? Bottle green is like a, a wattle. A, bo- yeah. That, uh, that would be more a lime green to lime. my eye. But it does have this, you know, sorry, Tim, I know you are the green expert here, <laughs> but it does have that shimmery shine to it. So I'd say lime green. With a bit of plastic through it. I was going to call it 7-Up Green. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool to yeah, be clear. Yeah, yeah, I'd pay that. Yeah. Shane, what if you were back in your single days, if you met a woman in this colour green, would you be scared? Would you have any opinion? Like, is I love it a warm colour? Is it attractive? Or is I love it- the jacket. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's a great cut and it looks good on her and it's very eye-catching and extremely bright. So I'm into Again, it, yeah. something else that doesn't fit in at all with the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's the occasional bright coloured, you know, purple clothing and yeah, it's not all brown. They've done well. I like that this movie doesn't, we're talking last minute about Harry's almost absent backstory. It doesn't pigeonhole any, it doesn't force any romance into it. This is the closest we get, Karen. Yeah, we do get pretty close though because the perving. The, uh, I I think he purrs a bit, but who wouldn't? It's the only time we see non-dead legs on a female. <laughs> True. But 
Love the, me those non-dead legs. The, exactly. <laughs> mm, they've got a pulse, those legs. That's unusual. Maybe that's how it normally is. Uh, mm. The romance is coming from her, though. She's totally flirting. I mean, her husband can't walk because he's been injured. He gets wheeled off to therapy and she's doing all the the shoulder raising and the, it's my fault and I'm sorry I'm so demure and amazing and waspish <laughs> and could you please kiss me, Harry? And so, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty strong. <laughs> oh, that's true. And she says, doesn't it drive your wife crazy? Like, she's exactly. fishing. She's yeah. fishing. She's like, by the way, tell me if you've got a wife or it not. Is, it, exactly. It is. The, <laughs> is that a wedding ring? It's um, totally, she's fishing to see if he's married. And then, you know, he says, no, she never got used to it. And straight away, like, ooh, tell me. Ooh. Did you chop her up in little pieces and then resolve to kill, <laughs> to find other killers forevermore? Wow. Tim, you might remember previous guests, um, Bartek and Ryan, were talking about the queer subtext of Harry. This was one of the examples of queer reading of Harry. His wife never got used to his lifestyle. (laughs) Um, I'd say good luck, gentlemen, but you're on the wrong tram. Scorpio looks too damn good, that's why. (laughs) He's always talking. What was the other one? He's always talking about his ass. I've been sitting on my ass talking about his bum and he's in no hurry to get rid of his trousers with the doctor earlier in the movie. Anyway. That was a really bizarre. Twenty nine ninety. I'll take Make my pants hurt. off. <laughs> Everyone has a price. <laughs> yeah, the gay reading would be fascinating because you can make anything gay, especially in the seventies. Clint did three movies in nineteen seventy one, and this is the uh, one of the three movies where he's relatively chaste. In Play Misty for Me, he's supposed to be the DJ that's sleeping with all these listeners, and in The Beguiled, of course, he's trying to get nookie at every turn when he's he, you know with all those those southern lasses and that hospital and this one he's he's a bit asexual well this took about three days to make so don't worry about his busy year (laughs) uh you just had gave me a flashback though so thanks for that i know what i'll be dreaming about tonight (laughs) i also saw play misty for me as a very young girl Ah, and that is another horror yes even more so terrifying for anyone but especially a four-year-old or whatever (laughs) i was um I haven't seen The Beguiled, though, and I think I will skip it because it <laughs> sounds a bit scary. But, yeah, Play Misty for me was very scary. It's a good, tense movie. Oh, very. Yeah, yeah. that was Clint Eastwood's directorial debut, and it also features Ghost Chief before he became a ghost. <laughs> uh, John Larch, who plays the, the chief in so this movie. So they just put a cardboard cutout in the scene and said, <laughs> do your stuff, cardboard. We could read it, A Drunk Cross the Centre Line. Do you think... Harry was the drunk driver? No, absolutely Possibly, not. Absolutely Good not. try. You're, you're just bullying <laughs> Harry now. <laughs> the mythology that's Yeah, been. you're jealous of his shoulders. Wow. Because um, in, ga- in the gauntlet, he plays a cop who's drink driving at dawn as well. So he's played a who, few. Who wouldn't be a drunk if you're a cop? Yeah. As in an alcoholic. Like, who wouldn't be? What a shocking job. Uh, you know, it was some terrible recalcitrant drunk driver that, ruined his romantic life and I bet she would have been totally stunning and they would have made beautiful babies <laughs> but that drunk driver crossing the centre line which is a very odd phrase even in America yeah. uh, it's descriptive though like oh, you get two it, way straight away yeah, 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 absolutely so totally on. clear on what happened yeah. Tim what was his wife doing out late at night in the late 50s or early 60s when it happened alone do you think they were estranged even before 
She was going out to collect. They didn't have Uber Eats back then, so she was going out to collect hot dogs. <laughs> hot dogs from the him. diner he always goes Harry, to. Harry, this is New Languini place down the road. <laughs> You're very good at accents, John. Oh, thank you. Uh, and now I think she had started yoga training. In the 50s? <laughs> I suppose it, would have it wasn't to be, the 50s. It, it was late 60s, and yeah, California. I think like started yoga training or started yoga training? The whole movement. <laughs> she wasn't the first Indian yogi <laughs> in <not>? San Fran. <laughs> oh, you're going to say a multiracial marriage, a biracial oh. marriage. It's up to our imagination. so we. I don't think Harry would come at that. Well, we don't know. I don't. Can you picture Harry crying when he, when she did pass? Yeah, like one yeah. solitary <laughs> tear under under the sunglasses. I reckon he would have looked up into the sky. Like, like why are you? <laughs> my eyes don't cry; they sweat. <laughs> have you seen that movie, The Trouble with the Curve? That was the last movie he acted in before the new one, The Mule. No. He play. It's like you know, Moneyball. He sort of plays like an aging um, oh, yeah. baseball scout who can detect. He's better than all the algorithms. He can detect good players. Justin oh. Timberlake's in Amy it's Adams. A fantastic movie. It's Is not it really? bad. It's fantastic. Oh, maybe I should watch it. Is there- You've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've never met anyone who's seen it before. Mm. It's not bad. It's like, yeah, he didn't direct it. Like, um, but it was a Mel Paso production. What's anyway, he, you see him at his dead wife's grave, mm-hmm. and he's sort of tearing a little bit, going, you know, he goes. Uh, May the Lord grant you an extra innings or something. Yeah. Oh. Because um, Stallone did that in Rocky Ten order. <laughs> when he goes to his wife. Adrian, Adrian. <laughs> How many American movies have graveside scenes? I don't. I know plenty of people who have died or who have other people who have died in their lives, and there's very few graveside scenes. I think it's a cheap Hollywood shot. Yeah. Let's go out to the grave. Even in Unforgiven, it just has the title cards. It doesn't show her grave. You know, where he's he's fiddling around with the pigs before the Schofield kid comes to recruit him to kill the the whore killers or whatever. What? Yeah. And the Unforgiven. Is it it set, just says, is it set in a... It's set, remember, he's a pig farmer struggling. His wife's died of oh, TB right. or something. It, even then, it doesn't show it. In Josie, the outlaw Josie Wales, he's crying over his, his wife's grave, but he's turned away from camera and just sort of <laughs> and slumps um, slumps over the wooden uh, crucifix. Mm. He's a very manly man, a macho he is, man. He is. Whether he's a hero or an anti-hero, which came up in last episode, he's still like that cliched man's man and showing weakness. And actually in this scene, it seems like he's being sentimental in his way. Which is she's dead. <laughs> Which is like, it's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. She's not alive. She's yeah. dead. <laughs> That's right. But he is opening up about his personal life, which yeah. is what I meant by he's sentimental. But in his she way. has to prod him a few times before. Oh yeah, she's out for it. Like she's like, <laughs> give me the details. I want to know what I'm up for. I thought you were just going to say, give me the D. <laughs> How hard do I have to try? Do I need to take off this PVC jacket? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we flick back to anti-hero? Yes. So you were saying no, he's not anti. Nothing I about don't it. Think he's I, a hero. In terms of making a mistake, he forgot to read Scorpio his Miranda rights, yes. which happens <laughs> on Law and Order every episode. <laughs> but anti-hero would be 
intimating that he did something wrong. No, I think I don't think so. I, I think it's just that the main character doesn't have all the typical hero Traits. gets on a horse, oh, saves a right. princess from a tower, like, okay. and is a flawless human being and he's good in everything. He kind of sure. breaks the law to sure. uphold the right. law. So I think okay. anti-hero probably is accurate for Harry because he's, yeah. Okay. I was more questioning the loser part. Is he a loser? He's definitely not a loser. He's just a man of his time. He can't express his emotions. He's got a great body. That's not his fault. <laughs> and, and he, he, you know, he's, he's lost a few assistants <laughs> on the beat, but he gets the job done. He, he got Scorpio and gave him what for. What, what does it take to be a cop's wife, Shane? What are good attributes for that? Oh, microwave. You're asking the wrong person. Let me try and Good make use that of up microwave, quickly. Microwave reheating things. You would have candles. To... Always having to replace candles that burn out when you're planning romantic right. dinners. <laughs> oh, that's okay. very good. But yeah, really, you couldn't have that nervous constitution where you're thinking, "Ah, oh, this is the last time that I'm seeing him." If that is your day-to-day experience. That doesn't seem to be sustainable and maybe your personality type is not suited to be with someone who's in harm's way day after day. Yeah. Day in, Also, day if out. you're good with Kevlar vests, um, <laughs> you know your, how to clean a gun. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that every time. With the pre-soaked stain on. <laughs> not more blood. <laughs> as she says, I'm not sure I'm making it in the continuous present tense. Do you think there's hope maybe that she will convince Chico, I'll oh, stay on a little bit. You don't have to become a teacher now. I'm not making it. Not She hasn't already formalised it. I didn't make it. Oh, no. Failed. Again, it's more flirting. It's mm. <laughs> She's not going to make it with Chico because he's a dud. <laughs> but if I had a stronger cop husband, I could probably improve and be tougher at night. It's a double entendre as it well, making it. Making it. it. <laughs> okay. What do you reckon, Whoopie, Harry? Yeah. Like a song. <laughs> I'm just not sure I'm making it. Isn't it bizarre phrasing? Yeah. I'm just not sure I'm making, making it. it out with you. Oh, yeah, making it out with you, <laughs> Harry. He really tries, and these bastards. And even though I have complimented Norma's diction, the pig this, pig that, I kept on thinking it was peg this, peg that. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, and I'm, what is she pegging? Like, and her name's Norma, so it's not peg. And because I thought he was getting cross, he was coming home going peg this, peg that. <laughs> And then I realised it's pig, so which is which has no context anywhere else in the film. I mean, I know we know that it appears very quickly in the playground scene where Scorpio is hobbling, looking at the kids, and it says, "Screw the pigs!" in the background and graffiti. Oh, and on the phone, doesn't he say, "Pig, pig oh, bastard"? Very sorry. Okay, oink, I'm oink. wrong. He says, "Oink oink, hubba hubba, pig, pig <laughs> bastard." I've got to watch it more often. <laughs> I wonder when that happened, Shane. Pigs during something that came in the 60s or 50s. Oh, when they invented police, then they invented people. <laughs> Roman called police. Yeah, pigs. <laughs> in the original Roman, it was that peg. phrase still today? Like I guess so. People- I wonder, like, she's insinuating that um, the police, or at least the wives of police, are quite offended that people don't respect them and that they compare them to pigs and call them pigs. Well, but is that true of modern police? Is, is that like saying, you're a silly duffer? <laughs> Does it really cut deep? I think it's more that for that generation, a, a woman's husband was an extension of her. Yeah. So, like, he was her life. Mm. So, 
you know, that's just terrible that my husband's not being respected when he goes to work. I'm just respected. Yeah. And this yeah. this was, was it like sort of this or the 60s when the people started to distrust cops a bit more? Maybe? Yeah, late 50s to 60s, right? And it was before Babe Sid pig in the city <laughs> when everyone started to yeah, love just pigs <laughs> just a bit before then um, did uh, uh the character of chief wiggum he kind of looks like a pig doesn't he like yeah that's intentional that, yeah. now that is offensive yeah that is yeah <laughs> no i just always thought it was a weird um and ham wig ham obviously okay. saying pig is greedy and disgusting right is that just hinting at the, f- the first use is to say oh police are corrupt like fat cats i think it's the corruption uh, yeah. angle rather than the overeating donuts <laughs> yeah i think it's more uh, it's more a bit like you know how uh, footy umpires being called white maggots it's it's that um intimation that they are revolting characters yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the hint of corruption but usually the word pig is used by someone most, more likely than not a criminal, right? I mean, maybe by kids like, ah, fucking pigs. But maybe a pig would be used by a legitimate criminal who's... It's a oh, weird, it's a weird choice yeah. of insult yeah, yeah, to label yeah. against them. Yes. Does the bricks strike you, Tim, as being somehow British? Like, I just think this, like, to yeah. serve with love or yeah, something. Yeah, or it's that, that's the- why it looks really unusual, because you don't really see... Oh, well, maybe not. Maybe back then, I suppose. All my pop cultural references, it looks like it's in the East End or something, you know, although ironically it's a warm warm day. But if you think of like old apartment buildings, even here in Melbourne from the 70s, they're probably all bricks. Clinker all brick, right. yeah. I can just smell those stairs. <laughs> I really can. Yeah. And once again, Tim, um, in the bank robbing scene, we love how in America they build the fire hydrants often into the edifice of the building. Rather than like stand alone yes. on the street. Yeah. Good architectural pickup. What would be the thinking there? I just noticed that a lot in San Francisco, the only real American city I've been to. And it's like, strike me as, is it just. It, it must confuse Australian dogs that relocate <laughs> to America. <laughs> they lift the wrong leg. So many of them travel over to San Fran <laughs> to do a wee. Well, it must confuse, like, what if. Um, there's a fire. It's like the water's below. Will it be metered by the body corporate or not? The yeah, minister? yeah. They go, hey, you can't use my water for the fire. It's your apartment. <laughs> However, that building's not burning down in a hurry because it's all brick and concrete. And the metal. You all heard my song, yeah? Great. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no encore. Look at the beautiful hair, honestly. You just want to run your hands through it, as does Norma. <laughs> Although I don't like the mole. I'd remove that mole. <laughs> Where? She's got a mole? No, Clint's mole. Uh, not looking at him. She's not his mole yet. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of time. That's the apocryphal um, the apocryphal story. Both he and Burt Reynolds came up in the ranks. Like, this same, their careers yeah. are dissected. Yeah. And they both got chewed out by a casting director saying, you know, you'll never work in this town, you guys. You don't fit in. And he goes, he goes to Clint, you know, he goes, you're too tall. You've got small eyes, you've got a mole on your lip, uh, upper lip, and your teeth aren't the straightest. And apparently you turned to Burt Reynolds and said, and you can't act. <laughs> <laughs> so were they arch enemies? No, they were sort of friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, In the same way that, you know, Henry Fonda and Jimmy Stewart came up at the right. same time. Right, because yeah, I grew up with all those Burt Reynolds movies. He can't act. <laughs> uh, I, Clint can act, and I think he looks better than Burt. So was it, was it more traumatising watching this or... Burt Reynolds' bad acting. <laughs> As a child. Um, it was much more traumatising watching this because Burt Reynolds, it was all gumball rally and... Yeah. Was he Porky's? 
Yeah, oh, Sharky's Machine is what you're thinking, yeah. Smoking the Bandit. Yeah, Smoking the Bandit is what I was thinking of. I mean, they were just so stupid (laughs) that I didn't have time to be scared. (laughs) I can't help but feel that people for our generation, that people think Burt Reynolds is a bit cooler than Clint. Maybe because of Boogie Nights' role in that. They might do. I mean, Burt had more boobs on view. Like (laughs) his his movies, there were many more girls that weren't dead and were wearing bikinis. (laughs) Whereas Clint often went to the like the solemn, morose mm. thrillers. Bert never did cool, sad. No. Or no one-liners. Uh, he didn't, and he also had that smirk that I wanted to smack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got, Clint has this, like, subtle, like, depth to him. Where he's not really bringing it yeah. that you can ID and say, oh, that's what he's doing that's making it engaging. But he's just naturally engaging. He's just got it. Yeah. Do you like he's whispering, Tim? Drunk cross the center line. That drunk was me. No, Clint. That's Do you not classify the him as one of those actors that you, you think just always the same, always the same? Or do you view him as someone who's got more variety? Range. Yeah. I used to think he was Sergio Leone. He said, Clint has two acting positions, with hat and without hat. <laughs> or was it with cigar, without cigar? Uh, but I am... Um, but he was... Terrific in Million Dollar Baby, yeah? Yeah. Brilliant. Another scary film, may I add. <laughs> I saw that on a plane and sobbed hysterically and people around me thought I was having a breakdown, <laughs> including the flight attendants. That was a good cover to watch it on a plane <laughs> when you might have been highly anxious and highly stressed and everyone gave you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt in a regular cinema just in Greensboro yeah, Hoyts. <laughs> Why is this weirdo sobbing hysterically? Because someone got... Brain damage. You guys might think this is a bit weird, but he's actually quite good in The Bridges of Madison County. Have you seen that, Karen? <gasps> Love it. See, oh, yeah. that's my kind of film. He actually acts quite well. And you think against Meryl Streep, he'd look very wooden, but he yeah. actually he managed to do a bit of humour. And Well, she does have the bogus Italian accent in that film, so <laughs> she's, she's let herself down there. I'd suggest I watching he, that, Tim. It's quite I, good. I've seen it. Yeah, rewatch again. He actually has yeah, he does comedy, good. pathos, yeah. he acts, he laughs. World's longest rain scene in yeah, the Yeah, that's right. Could somebody make a decision, please? Oh, it's mawkish, it's sentimental. And it's yeah, that's my kind of film. Yeah. No, no horror, no You're violence. You're not selling it to me. Uh, no, it's good. Um, I mean, I'm out. Um, Sp- uh, Spielberg was involved in it, Amblin Production. <laughs> when you can't sleep, right. watch it. It'll, it'll, if, if you're not... If you don't like that kind of film, it'll send you to sleep. Um, but that is my kind of film. Any kind of relationship trauma, I'm there. Clint actually does quite well. I think he does a great job. This opportunity only comes once in a so lifetime. he does have depth. Well, that movie would seem to suggest it. But I guess, yeah, you love his whispering, right? I do. Oh, yeah. And he talks with his jaw clenched. Less is more. Mm-hmm. That's his style. Yep. You don't think he changes his tone depending on the audience he's speaking to? I suppose he does. He talks the same to everyone, doesn't he? The mayor, mm. a woman. Yeah, he's fair. Imagine, you know, Clint being clever and practical and wanting to get on with the job and having to report to those wooden bureaucrats all the time. <laughs> you do your take on the culture of the people you're around. Mm. It's especially famous with... Police, right? Police end up having police as friends yeah. and then they sort of get a personality type that mm. they might call, you know, a policeman's personality type. And it definitely happens in Hollywood and it maybe happens in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, we spoke last minute about 
Did you think there maybe was a possibility of a sniping attempt on Harry? At no, this point? I wasn't worried about that at all. Um, I, yeah, I probably should have made that connection, but I missed it. Well, they just this is a first attempt at a walk and talk. They hadn't quite worked it out yet how you should do it. <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. The intern said, you know what you haven't done? <laughs> a walk and talk. Like, be quiet, you smart what child. Would, what would Aaron Sorkins do? <laughs> There's no corridors, no hallways. This stair- stairwell of a car park will have to do. Mm. I suppose, yeah, we've, we have talked in previous minutes, San Francisco's a steep hill and there's lots of um, stairwells in this movie or people looking down. Uh, Scorpio is a sniper, people looking up at the cross. It's all about heights. Right, yeah, the three dimensions of the city. Yes. Um, Karen, I think you're right. This this probably is a car park because there's no... There's no reception. Yeah, <laughs> it's all very odd. Yeah, just you walk out you don't leave a, a hospital and go straight down the open stairs. Open, yes. that's it. Is it because Harry's metaphorically is opening himself up to the possibility of romance with this new girl? I think it is because I love the way he says, I understand your deadbeat <laughs> foreign husband. <laughs> Quitting, like the word quitting, not changing careers, not moving to a different job, just quitting because a bit of an injury and a bit of PTSD. So I think Harry's letting know that Norma's in with a chance. Do you want to hear a quote, Tim, from the man himself? Sure thing. This is from Clint. You can only do so much with the lone hero. If you give him some family ties, you start to give him a new dimension. Obviously, that quote was from after this movie. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. That's why we all were forced to guess on what the backstory might be, apart from the dead wife. Can I just apologise again for misunderstanding Antihero? Because now when I think of his disregard for the bureaucrats and his superiors, Mm. he was most definitely an antihero. Yeah. As well as a hero, but never a loser. So sorry for missing that, everyone. And sorry for mispronouncing it for our American uh, listeners. It's anti-hero. Yes. Yeah. Clint was Clint was all about, you know, he wanted... You hear these tales of every, skip, every script you get, he rules out his lines saying, I can emote more with my eyes. Lex Esposition. And, yeah, good on I him. didn't know that, but I think that's... I think most people in the world should do that. People I work with should do that. (laughs) How was your weekend? I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Just say good thanks. Well, this movie, I plead the fifth. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I might try that tomorrow, being Monday. How was your weekend, Shane? This face. Just give it my face. (laughs) Because apparently in all the spaghetti westerns, you know, the Man With No Name trilogy is like ruling out the background to why he's coming into town on his mule. Yeah, yeah. Because he thought the Italians were over-explaining everything with their dialogue. No, no, no. Yeah. I can do it with my face. Mm. He just didn't want to remember so many lines. He was making his job easier. It's a possibility. We do this in computers as well. We say... uh, yeah, if the laziest people are the best people to give the job to because they'll write some software so that they don't really have to do it. So it'll just magically happen next time. So maybe he's got that sort of yeah. vibe about him as well. Well, I always tell people when I'm teaching people to write speeches, imagine you're on the edge of a cliff and the other person is on the edge of the cliff and you only have a couple of seconds to impress them. Right. Do you tell them your life story, which is largely boring, or do you tell them a couple of p- interesting pieces of information? That's right. 
make it snappy. Yeah. Unfortunately, the dumb people still don't get that. But the smart ones do. Look, I get it on paper. <laughs> I'm not good at it. In principle. Like, I, I know my weaknesses. <laughs> Tim, here's another quote. Harry is a creature of humble habits and tame dreams. Tame dreams. Tame. Was that your quote? No, it's another someone on the show notes. <laughs> How does he, does, do you think he views he, him having himself any, any professional development? Do you reckon he wants to be Bristler one day or is he just, oh, I'll just do this for another 20 years and then retire, get off the bricks? He just wants justice. That's all he wants. Mm, yeah, I get that feeling too. Like he's sort of compelled to do it. He doesn't see him ambitious, career driven. He's just like, no, I'm a good guy and I put away bad guys. But yeah. there's no part of him thinking these fucking, these mayors, the limp-wristed liberals, you know, I could be a better mayor. You know, I wouldn't be, I'd make I think the whole he wants, system better. I think he wants to be on the street doing the, yeah. the work, but- they're holding him back. and He's a lone wolf. We know he's a lone wolf because he gets rid of his assistants one way or another. <laughs> and he has no respect for the bureaucracy because they hold him up and they miss the point. So, yeah, I think he'll he'll do it until he can't stand it anymore. He, or gets he killed. Just wa- he, yeah, he just wants to get the baddies off the streets. And if he gets killed in the process, so be it. By a drunk, a drunk who crossed the line. Yeah. Set alone, thank you. <laughs> I think it was him. He was that drunk. I love that twist. Mm. If only we could have worked that into a sequel. It's a 98 minute film, yeah. You couldn't work that sort of thing out here. <laughs> well, like mm-hmm. in the um, bloopers at the end. We, we have the power from Warner Brothers to create canon, Shane. What we've said goes. You have uh, Ghost a prequel? Chief. A prequel? Ghost, Ghost <laughs> Chief. Use those de aging special effects to. <laughs> <laughs> back in time. I forgot we need to shout out, Tim, to our. Um, our U.S. fans, Todd Guzman. Yes. Or Todd Guzman. Sorry if I mispronounce your name, Todd. And Daniel Howard Thompson. He was the one, um, Daniel, remember he said he didn't like us making fun of Canadian tuxedos because he's a lineman for the county and he wears okay. he wears double denim top and bottom. But on Fridays, even when he's out in the field, he insists on casual Fridays. So, he, wear, he wears an Hawaiian shirt underneath his denim top. Much like Alice in this movie. You know, Alice, he will take a dare, Karen. You know that character? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, Thank you for being a fan of ours, Daniel. <laughs> go, Daniel, and go, Canada. I do, <laughs> I, I do love Canada. Go, Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> go, John Hastings, previous guest, great comedian. Tim, you weren't here for the previous, like, five minutes. Ever since... I the- missed all the best p- minutes, yeah. The action, yeah. I was I only st- was on this podcast for the last 20 minutes that I've missed, so... a <laughs> <laughs> fact. <laughs> Just this... I mean, I love this movie. We all do, I think, in this room, but mm. increasingly I find myself just watching the first two-thirds of the movie and then maybe skipping right just to the... <gasps> The horror scene of uh, Scorpio in the... Oh, which bits do you miss? Oh, no, I just... I quite often find myself just watching the first 100 minutes... Uh, sorry, 60 minutes. 60 and then missing, say, 60 to yeah. 90. To, like, 87 or something. So, like... The, the relationship up, stuff. So, you watch up to the Kizar. No, no, right up until the torture scene in Kizar, yeah. And then maybe cool, oh. sad for a little bit when the body's pulled out. And then oh, like, right. I just want to see the... yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you find these minutes drag all these years, um, later years, like the last third of the movie? It's- yeah, um, uh, I like the last scene. Uh, don't want to spoil, but the uh, the shootout at the end is good. You wouldn't like Chico to have been in the shootout at the end, like hey, and then sh- <laughs> then Chico gets sorry, Chico gets shot, and but then um, Harry shoots Scorpio. 
no, it's all right without Chico. And I like I like the phone booth running to running. Yeah, yeah. Bit. Well, that's in the first two. Seconds. I find the bank, the opening bank scene. Uh, what do you call it? The bank robbery a bit skippable. It's got a great line of dialogue. Yeah. I think the fact that it looks like it's on a Warner Brothers set <laughs> is kind of. And what about the guy in the diner that takes about. I don't know, 90 seconds to chew one chip. <laughs> that, that really irritates me. I don't know how you can skip, though. I think that's very disloyal. Yeah. It's only in the last year when I've done the podcast that I, yeah. I'd never skip the relationship bits, but I definitely wish I could Relationship bits? This bit. I guess so. Oh, come on. It's so hard. Right after this scene ends, are they going back to her apartment? What's happening? Absolutely. Yeah. She's a bit sweaty, though, because of the plastic coat. <laughs> uh, and a skivvy underneath. <laughs> the turtleneck, thank yeah. you. We're in America. Uh, the violence. Oh, my goodness. The violence of hearing that a drunk crossed the center No, the, the, <laughs> no, the, the real violent bits during the movie. Oh. I would skip them if I could. But I don't like skipping because then I f- it feels disloyal. <laughs> I know. And, and then you lose continuity. It's like, and you, you've cheated yourself. But I've, I've seen this movie in its entirety easy 60 plus times. Yeah, so. You're a special case. Special case. <laughs> so you're not going, poor Scorpio, he's been beaten up by the cops. <laughs> this never happened before. <laughs> I shouldn't have skipped that bit. I do find myself enjoying the Scorpio bits more and more, though. Like, oh, wow. That's called being desensitized to violence. <laughs> oh, he horrifies me. Every fourth. He horrifies I just hate that me. I can't complete that line because I'm not a racist, but, you know. Can we, can we pretend we were psychologists for a bit? Hmm. Uh, you know when he's in pain, when Scorpio's in pain, hmm. he has an excessive reaction. Yeah. From my self-proclaimed ability to be a psychiatrist, <laughs> uh, that's actually... That's actually typical of sociopaths. When, when they have anything bad done to them, their reaction is heightened because they're so screwy. So they have no empathy for any pain they mm. But maybe on others. different lengths. Like if, um, if Hannibal the cannibal, mm. like I can imagine if he was shot, he'd be calm and collected about it, right? But maybe for a small thing like him dropping his pen or something, he'd be like... Yeah, different reactions to different sure, sorts sure, sure. of perceived Sure, slights. can I give you a bit of evidence, though? Yes. You know the psychopath that did that um, Norwegian bombing and shooting a yeah. few years ago? Yeah, yeah. When, when he was caught by the police, during his capture, he cut his finger. And as he was being interviewed, but, hey, mate, why did you shoot all these young people? Why did you set off that bomb in the city square? Mm. He was saying, can someone please help me? I've cut my finger. Oh. Completely unempathetic. Yeah, Yeah, detached. Perfect word about what what trauma he had just done. It was all about his little finger. And then when I saw Scorpio again, I thought, yep. Yeah. Two cases now completely confirm my theory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no wonder you're an honorary psychologist. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You you ask me, I'll tell you. Well, that's all I've got for this minute, guys. Many thanks for joining us, Karen. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming over. You enjoyed watching it, I can tell. I really did. (laughs) I think I might 
Watch the more Clint Eastwood movies now. The sequels. Watch the sequels. Oh, it's going to be hard, though. I might just watch Bridges Over Medicine that's County a, on choice. repeat. You can just skip parts like John. <laughs> um, you know, my feeling on skipping. The Magnum, Magnum Force is all about correction. It's like, oh, hey, you thought Harry was a fascist? No, 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 no. He's, he's, you know, he's not that bad. There are people in the Force a lot more, you know, oh, yeah. vigilantes the, the than him. other cops go even beyond what he's doing. Yeah, they it, flip the sounds a bit, it sounds a bit too violent for me. <laughs> it actually is, in terms of gunshots and so forth, there's a lot more deaths, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can recommend Magnum Force. Yeah, okay. it's very okay. good. Thank you, I'll <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> Not. Go ahead, make it your day. Well, Shane, thanks for joining us. No, it's been good, thank you. You are now officially our most your most recurring guest reviewer. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, interesting, good one. How, how many more minutes do you have? Uh, after this, you know, this is 81 of 98 minutes, 17 more minutes. That's right. Can anyone overtake me or? <laughs> Probably unlikely. Glenn, maybe you met him last time. Yeah, Glenn, yeah. Right, and right. then Tim Long. I'll have words with him. Thank you for the heads up. <laughs> <laughs> now you're four, four episodes ahead now after this. Oh, fantastic. Right. And Tim, thank you for um, just forgetting about parenthood for a few hours. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Did you have a boy or a girl? A girl. Oh, is she gorgeous? Yeah. What's her name? <laughs> Claire. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Thank you. It is nice. We get that a lot. Like a lot it of is a really say, oh, beautiful yeah. name. Is it A I R E? Yes, that's the Classic, best way yeah. to spell it. Yeah. That's the best. But did you have a conversation about that? Should we go classic or not? Or no, it was always no, it was always classic, that. Yeah. It was always that spelling. Some people don't have the I in there. Yeah, oh. it's confusing. That's crazy. I mean, come on. Why come would you do that? Might as well put complete. a K up the front. Exactly. Are you looking forward to a future of receiving gifts for her, Claire Bear, like a bear that says Claire Bear on it? <laughs> Get used to it, Sonny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I there was I was going to say parenthood changes your perspective on things. Yeah. Like do you know that film um I know if we talk about it a lot in this podcast Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I know the sequel a bit more. I well, think. now I view I view Schwarzenegger as the villain and I identify with Crisp the, the father. <laughs> <laughs> Claire Dominic. Anyway, I'll I'll endeavor to come back. Please do. Just Get me back for minutes 67 or whatever. <laughs> Skip my <No> relationship stuff. <laughs> well, I might not be able to invite you back for the bus scene, you know, the kids. <laughs> row, row, row your boat. Oh, well. well, many thanks for joining us. Um, we'll catch you next time on Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry Minutes. Minutes.